It's Mock Draft Monday, guys, and I've dropped my first mock draft of the 2023 NFL offseason and preseason. What are the top picks? How does Keith feel about it? We're going to tell you next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout over with the Draft Network, as well as the host of the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Guys, thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day, uh, Monday through Friday. Thank you for being the family, being part of the fam, but also our every single day is in happy Monday to you. But as always, we got the champ here, my guy, Mr. LSU, the man with the ring and championships, uh, Keith Sanchez. You can find and follow him on Twitter at the Talent Code. Keith, talk to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, Senior Draft Analyst with the Draft Network, man, and 2019 National Champ with those LSU Tigers. But you know why we're here, right? Myself, Damian Parsons, your dynamic duel. We are here to bring you that championship-level content surrounding the NFL Draft, right? 24-7, 365. Yes, it's July. Yes, it's August, and we're still rolling. You tell me who else is still going at this point, right? We don't get tired over here. We love the NFL draft and we have a passion for what we do right talking to our everyday is thank you to the family man but dp this is not just any monday this is a mock draft monday right and this is not just any mock draft monday this is a damian parsons mock draft monday where i get to go through dp's mock draft i haven't seen it yet right so this is going to be live content that we give it to y'all y'all going to get my live reactions i haven't seen it yet we're going to go through it and i'm going to tell dp right because there's no interaction like like an instant interaction right if you have an issue with somebody you'd rather be direct and tell them like you know what i don't care for this so we're about to have some fun man your, your, your draft guys uh the two calls to this podcast we're about to have this conversation um on this podcast is about to be really fun y'all make sure to like and comment uh subscribe to the youtube channel Twitter, wherever. If you don't like what DP did, let them know. If you like it, send them a comment and let them know also, man. So DP, why don't we kick this thing off and have some fun? Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's do it. As always, guys, especially on YouTube, hit that bell notification so you are notified whenever we drop fire content. But let's go ahead and get into my early 2024 summertime NFL mock draft picks one through 10. At number one, I have uh, the Arizona Cardinals staying put in selecting Caleb Williams, quarterback out of USC. I have uh, at number two, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers moved up from four. I had a trade. They moved up from four to number two. They say, I can't go without a quarterback. They select Drake May. At number three, the Indianapolis Colts get uh, draft Olu Fashanu, offensive tackle from Penn State. The Arizona Cardinals at number four uh, for, via the trade with the Buccaneers select Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver out of Ohio State. The Tennessee Titans select Jared Verse, edge rusher from Florida State. 
At number six, the Los Angeles Rams select quarterback from Texas, Quinn Ewers. At number seven, the Las Vegas Raiders go quarterback. They take Joe Milton III out of Tennessee. At number eight, Brock Bowers, tight end from Georgia, is a Washington commander. At number nine, we have uh, Mecca Ebuka, wide receiver from Ohio State, to the Chicago Bears. And the Chicago Bears on the clock again, selecting Chop Robinson, edge rusher out of Penn State. Keith, what stood out to you? What stood out to me? Well, I have two, right? Two, I'm going to make one really quick, and, and that's the – the Indianapolis coach taking Olu Fashan over Marvin Harrison Jr. I know I talked about this before. I Like I said, I want to see the storyline. DP, you didn't want to give me the storyline. I want to see the good storyline. But I can accept that, right? You get And then I would also, because I knew you're Anthony Richardson guy, I thought you would have gave given him Marvin Harrison Jr., given him another weapon. But I understand. Right, yeah, I understand the offensive tackle. But my 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 gripe is more of a question right is because i need to know dp is this a declaration of a wait where do you stand with this and that is joe milton tennessee quarterback going number seven to the las vegas raiders i, I need you to explain that to me like do you believe he's that good do you think his ceiling is that high where are you with joe milton right now for him to go pick number seven and then also because he's a dual threat quarterback and we didn't like anthony richardson with josh mcdaniels and then is, do you feel like Joe Milton is different and could be a better fit? So first, I'm going to answer the second question first. I don't think Josh McDaniels is going to be there. We need a bomb, like the little bomb thing on here. Right? Boom, I like, think he gets fired. That, that's a shot. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey okay. Gets... That answers my question, right? Like, okay, Josh McDaniels won't be there. I get it. I don't think that's going to be the case uh, for the <laughs> But I, 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 when that situation, I was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about all the quarterbacks. And I, we know that the NFL is a copycat league. We just watched Anthony Richardson go and, and tools and traits, you know, as long as you put them on tape, right? Like there's some guys who have tools and traits, but they don't ever really show up on film because right. of how they play. So like when you look at Anthony Richardson, he was like, well, his stats weren't great. No, but he was in a horrible situation. And then – his tools and traits actually showed up on tape where he could carry a team, right, and, and showcase the ability to sustain the offense, things like that. With Joe Milton being, I watch we we watch what Josh Heupel's Tennessee Tennessee Volunteer offense was able to do for Hendon Hooker. If you watch any table Hendon Hooker when he was at Va Tech at Virginia Tech, totally different guy. He was he was not good at Virginia Tech, right? So you saw the the transformation for him and his game in this offense. He's going Joe Milton's going to be and he's more even more toolsy. He's just as athletic and his arm talent is he's got arguably if if not the best one of the best in the top 3 in terms of arm talents in college football and some would say cuz I remember I posted this to Twitter in the NFL he's got an elite legit elite type of arm. So when I looked at him I'm like all right, you know, Vegas it's time for y'all to go ahead and get you a quarterback, right? And it's like, well, Spencer Rattler, I thought about, you know, my boy from Duke, Riley Lynn. I thought about a couple of those guys, Keith Michael Penix, but two ACLs and all that stuff. I'm like, Joe Milton, to me, is that guy that is set up offensively, weapon-wise, to take such a leap that when we – and with the tools and traits that he has, once he gets to the draft time, and then what did Anthony Richardson do? He walked into, into Indianapolis like he owned the joint. Now he owns the joint, right, because he's actually a Colt. He walked in there and dominated. 
And I think Joe Milton could do the exact same thing, and that will solidify his his draft stock after a successful season with the Tennessee Volunteers. Okay, that that makes sense. I just wanted you to put it on wax, right? I needed to know. I needed to know where you stood with this. Then, like I said, I didn't see it, so I was shocked to see Joe Milton there. And who knows? It may, you know expectations he he could reach them right in this type of offense josh hypo we know they're going to be vertical threats we know we're going to see those wide splits and we're going to see a lot of wide receivers running down the field we know we're going to see those three things but dp i want to ask you real quick man before we transition to the next set because like to our listeners right and you see mock drafts these things are difficult to do right because there's only a select amount of players right you're trying to do team fits you're trying to fit everything out so i want to ask you of picks one through 10 and that's what we're going to do for picks 11 through 20 and picks 21 through 32 what was the most difficult selection for you man um it was this it was pick six and seven trying to figure out which quarterbacks I, I like to to put to the rams and to the raiders uh pick six and seven you know going quinn ewers and uh and, and joe milton that that qb4 was it almost switched did you almost go joe milton to the it was close it was okay. close I was, I was like, man, I, I literally sat there, Joe Milton and Sean McVay's offense. And I'm like, this could be something special. You know what I'm saying? But I was I think Quinn Ewers is a better fit for the offense, you know, than Joe Milton, um, especially like with Sean McVay and all those guys being very particular about their schemes. I felt like finding a QB that was going to fit what they do uh, was a better than taking the the – the wild stallion that, that can, you know, break the ceiling of the, of the scheme if you build it around them. But I, I was like, you know, those were the two toughest ones. And again, just finding QB four, picking a QB four out of this class with a lot of QB talent after picks uh, after QBs two and one and two and essentially three. So yeah, that was the toughest part for picks one through 10 for me. Okay, cool. I, I, I can't appreciate that explanation and have been in that position. I know that it's difficult, right? And you know somebody's going to critique you, someone like me, right? Is going to have a question for you. But DP, man, that wraps up picks one through 10. Coming up, we got picks 11 through 20. Like I said, well, I'm going to jump into this and talk about my biggest gripe. And then I'm going to give DP the opportunity to explain himself and explain his way through this. So coming up next, man, we have picks 11 through 20 of DP's NFL mock draft. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So listen, all you need to do is create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs, then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools are available like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skill set and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and or hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It's 11 through 20. Let's get it going. At number 11, the New England Patriots select offensive tackle from Georgia, Amarius Mims. At number 12, the Atlanta Falcons select edge rusher from Ohio State, Jack Sawyer. At number 13, the Pittsburgh Steelers go linebacker, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. from Clemson. 
at number 14. The Denver Broncos said, let's improve the interior offensive line and select Georgia's center, Cedric Van Pran. At number 15, the uh, New York Giants select wide receiver from Florida State, Johnny Wilson. At number 16, the Green Bay Packers select Joe Alt, offensive tackle from Notre Dame. At number 17, the Houston Texans select Kool-Aid McKinstry, cornerback, Alabama. Number 18, J.C. Latham is a Miami Dolphin, offensive tackle from Alabama. Number 19, Donovan Jackson, interior offensive lineman from Ohio State to the New Orleans Saints. At number 20, Minnesota Vikings select J.T. JT Tui Maloa uh, from edge rusher from Ohio State. So, Keith, talk to me. Yeah, so I'm going to pick through a couple different picks within this, right? I'm not just going to say one combination. I'm going to just say my thoughts on a couple different ones. The New England Patriots selecting offensive tackle Marius Mims. I like it. I, I like the player, right? And I like the fit as far as, you know, them getting offensive line help. Just wondered if they would go wide receiver there. Um, for the you know for the pick but I, I can kind of see where there's a bit of a dip off in the value of the wide receiver and you you know just rather get the premium offensive tackle next up would be dp for me would be a question for you the kool-aid mckinstry to the houston texans in the first cornerback coming off at pick 17 once you did this and i don't know if you noticed it right that that first corner came off at 17 even if you did in, in hindsight um you know is that where you think the first corner could come off? And this is a testament to the cornerback class, or this is a testament to how deep, how talented the other positions are? I think it's a testament to just the talent at the other positions, right? We know QBs, they're, they're priority one. So they're going to, you know, they already are going to knock down a lot of other good, you know, players. When you have the Marvin Harrison Jr., Brock Bowers, and Emeka Ibuka end up in the top 10, that pushes some other talent down the board. And I felt like the other teams, looking at the teams that were in front of them, I said, all right, you know, who actually needs cornerback that badly to go to pick a corner over chop robinson or over jack sawyer or you know things of that nature so that's kind of how it ended up playing out for me was i was i was looking at you know who spent high i even went back to the 2023 class and said okay who spent high picks on corners and, and looking at their depth chart and what they actually have right now compared to teams that still need to upgrade the position and houston was actually the very first team that i was like okay Y'all, you got Stingley. Uh, you need another one. You you need you need another one, like pretty substantially. So um, I was like, you know, thinking about McKinstry, Stingley, and um and uh Petrie in the back end, along with Jimmy Ward. I was like, man, giving D'Amico Ryan's a well flushed out with second. Will Anderson and in the mm-hmm. front seven. Now that that could be really good. And the last thing I have to say about this DP is I like the JT Tuamalohu. Um, to Minnesota because they're like the we the the what they lost is Darius Smith right or is he mm-hmm. there I'm, I'm not sure if they lost yeah him. They, they they released him I believe okay so he's not there then Daniel Hunter that's supposed to be a transaction that's you know going to happen to where he's not going to be there right and so you need an edge rusher and we know that this Minnesota Vikings team they need some element of toughness right it's been a while since Mike Zimmer and like early Mike Zimmer that they've had a good defense. So I, I, I like that selection. That's what I told you. I was going to be fair, right, DP? Like, I was going to ask you a question. <laughs> I was going to critique some things, but I was also going to give my guy his credit. And I, I really I like I thought you were going to go in a different position. I thought you were going to show, uh, show love to your boy J.C. Latham 
the Miami Dolphins. I figured he was gonna hit that one. Uh, you know, I was I was kind of mad about JC Lee. Really? Yeah, I was kind of mad because I wanted him to go higher. But I was like, you know what? I'm gonna let it go. You know what I'm saying? Like I decided, like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna let it go. You can't complain about everything, right? So and not mad, but I was surprised. Yeah, I, was yeah. thinking, I was surprised I thought he was going higher. But I do like the selection of him going to Miami with Miami needing a right tackle. So I understood it. I was like, you know, it, it's it's cool. That, that's how I felt. It's cool. <laughs> DP, I want to give you, like I said, man, give you your opportunity. Um, talk about what was most difficult in this selection, right? 11 through 20, because there was not much I disagreed with in here. But what what situation that came when you was trying to align these players uh, just with, with this group of picks, 11 through 20? Man, the Saints. The Saints is like, they're such Who a that nation? team to, to mock for, because it's like, they, they, they all – Zig when everybody else zags. They do, so and they always there. they always draft interior offensive line, like linemen, offensive Legit. linemen. Period. Like they they spend a, a a lot of resources. Like we think about what Caesar Ruiz, um, you know, Andrews Pete over the years, Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramchek, and I'm I'm missing people like that, but they consistently draft offensive linemen early, always. always. So that that's what like for me, I was Trevor Penning, I was like Trevor, yeah, Trevor Penning. So I was like, man, you know. I know the that guy, there was some don't mean to cut you off, but they drafted oh. the Texas A&M guard too. Um, I, I can't even remember his name. I know <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, they they consistently draft offensive line. I don't. They can't but... help themselves. Like it's like they got to they trying trying to find the best five, and I get it. And that's what I went went. went that's what I went with because I know that there were talks, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you've heard them about like the whole Caesar Ruiz experiment. Mm-hmm. Like things hasn't it just hasn't worked out. And I thought he was somebody that's going to be a really good pro, but it just hasn't worked out for him consistently with the Saints. So I was like, all right, go back to the Big Ten. Go back to that well, but just go to a different team. Go to Ohio State and get Donovan Jackson to fill in at one of those guard spots. And, and I think you could really have yourself a good situation uh, to because at the end of the day, you, you sign Derek Carr for a couple of years. You want to be able to protect him, run the ball, different things like that, and allow him to be able to survey uh, freely without having as much pressure in his lap and in his face. Yep, no, I agree. I agree. I, I actually I, I like and appreciate that, you know what I'm saying, that selection. And like you said, it's, it's on par. If it's the Saints and you draft offensive <laughs> linemen, can't nobody get mad with you, right? So I think that was a, a pretty solid selection. But DP, man, we're keeping this train rolling, man. We're keeping this train rolling. And now we're into what probably is the most difficult, right? Because you're still in the first round, but we know that year in and year out, right? There aren't always 32 first round talents, right? So this is where it gets most difficult. As a you know, someone who creates mock drafts, as a talent evaluator, as a senior, you know, NFL draft analyst, right? This is where it gets most difficult. So coming up next, man, I think this is probably going to be the most intriguing. This is where you're going to see some interesting names fly off the board. So coming up next, we're going to get into picks 21 through 32 of DP's 2024 NFL mock draft. Let's close it out with picks 21 through 32. At number 21, we have Christian Mahogany, interior offensive lineman from Boston College going to the Seattle Seahawks. At number 22, the Los Angeles Chargers select Tyleek Williams, interior defensive lineman from Ohio State. At uh, number 23, the Jacksonville Jaguars decided to stay in the state of Florida, drafting Florida Gator cornerback Jason Marshall Jr. Uh, At number 24, the Baltimore Ravens go cornerback as well with Denzel Burke out of Ohio State. At number 25, the Detroit Lions select cornerback Kalen King from Penn State. At number 26, the New York Jets, those J-E-T-S Jets, select Patrick Paul, 
offensive tackle from uh, University of Houston. At number 27, the Dallas Cowboys at wide receiver out of LSU, Malik Neighbors. Number 28, the Cincinnati Bengals replaced Jesse Bates with Kalen Bullock, safety out of USC. Number 29, Jordan Morgan, offensive tackle from Arizona, goes to the San Francisco 49ers. And number 30, the Buffalo Bills find a, ni- a nice middle linebacker and Tommy Eichenberg from Ohio State. At number 31, the Philadelphia Eagles add another wide receiver, Xavier Worthy, from University of Texas. And at number 32, the Kansas City Chiefs select Mason Smith, interior defensive lineman from LSU. Keep talk to me. I have to go with the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Them going with Patrick Paul. Off of early evaluations, if they do this, I would call this a significant overdraft. I would I would say this is the Jets, and, and if we're any Jets fans on here, I'm I'm this is not a personal critique, right? But this is what the Jets do, right? Like this is something I, I just because we still have our guy out there at BYU, right? Honestly, mm-hmm. you even selected Jordan Morgan after him. Like I I there there are probably three or four more offensive tackles that I like um, you know, ahead of Patrick Paul at this point. So I'm gonna ask you, DP, the thought process and going to that. Or do you like Patrick Paul this high? Like, do you see a skill set? And, I mean, and the reason I'm asking is because if I'm a Jets fan, I can't go on any more projects. Because you know what project I tried? The Makai Becton project. And I right. can't miss. You know what I'm saying? Like, because there were all the offensive linemen that went after Makai Becton. You just went with the really big guy that had the tools, that had the upside. But there were some questions about something, right? And in his case, it was the, 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 the weight, right? It turned out. There was a question, but there was also an answer to it, too. And it is an issue with him, right? So I just, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm extremely uneasy about taking Patrick Paul. So I want to ask you, what was your thought process and going there? Because you may like him more than what I do. No, I see the upside with him. But like I said, it is a little bit of a project, a little bit of projection. I'm hoping that he takes that next step. But at the same time, we know, like, this is a situation where, okay, even even if Makai Becton works out for 2023, you right. still don't have a young left tackle on your team. I think Dwayne Brown is like 37 years old, and he supposedly is your starting left tackle from what I've seen on on on, on you know uh, when I researched their depth chart. So I was like, all right, you get yourself or you put yourself in a position where Patrick Paul comes in. We know we we've heard about just the raving reviews that the NFL already kind of has about. It. We heard from from different people. The, the, the height, the movement skills, the arm length, stuff like that. Now, does he need some refinement and, and polishing? 100%. And for the NFL, they got to hope that this kid gets it. This is the Jets, and I'd absolutely see them going after offensive tackle and going for a guy that is toolsy but doesn't have the weight issues like a Makai Becton. So that's kind of how I end up going with that situation. I was like, you know, I love Jordan Morgan. That's my dude. You know what I mean? But I do feel like yeah. – from a trait standpoint, teams will end up valuing what Patrick Paul could become more than what he than what Jordan Morgan is. And what about teams you saying the Jets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well no, man, keep this thing going. So I, I that was that was something that, that stuck out to me like, you know, initially. And then I want to ask you about Malik Neighbors to the Dallas Cowboys. So at pick 27, right? Not not far after. It, what what role do you see Malik Neighbors playing with 
you know, if Brandon Cooks is back, I can't, I don't remember if he's on a two-year deal, one-year deal, but Brandon Cooks, CeeDee Lamb, Malik Neighbors, what role do you see that kind of building out for Malik Neighbors? Is is he the one now or is he the 1.5? Is he the two? Is it, you know, like what, what, cause what's the dynamic of, of that, that relationship, just the, that wide receiver trio? I think he's the 1.5, um, you know, 1A, 1B to C.D. Lamb. I think that's what he could become. I think he comes in and he's more than likely wide receiver two, you know, maybe wide receiver 2.5 because he's a he's a rookie. You know, Brandon, if Brandon Cook is still there, you know, he's more than likely going to start. But, man, I, I tell you, like, I, you know, watching him, I've watched him twice now, and I'm extremely impressed by what Malik Neighbors is, man. You're talking about a guy that has su- such strong hands, like explosiveness and burst, and it's like that's what you want to surround C.D. Lamb by. Right, especially from a, a, a athletic standpoint, speed, the ability to win. I'm just watching that battle between him and Kool-Aid McKinstry, like I talked about when we did the, the cornerbacks episode last week, Keith. Like that battle between those guys, it was just good on good, man. Good versus good. And, and you saw the ability to stress vers- vertically, but then stop on a dime, come back downhill. And even when Kool-Aid McKinstry played physical through the hands, he couldn't break the ball away from the hands of Malik Neighbors. Not only that, he gave Eli, you know, he, he beat Eli Ricks down the right sideline and, and did a full, what, full 360, you know, you know, rotating in the air, getting two feet inbounds, you know what I mean? And things like that. And it's just this, this kid, I feel like his ceiling is high, man. Like he's so athletic and explosive and he's physical and tough. And I think he's a pretty solid route runner as well. And he can always improve in that regard. Yeah, I, I really like neighbors. I feel like neighbors will will pair very well with CeeDee Lamb. And hopefully a Jalen Tolbert can step up or Michael Gallup can get back to being what he was before he got hurt. So I think, you know, and it, Dallas gotta come out of this first round with a wide receiver. I just it just is what it is for me. Yeah. All right, then the last one, DP. And when I seen this pick, I just said, This ain't fair. Or right? like this not fair. And that is Xavier Worthy, the an explosive playmaker take the top off shifty start stop ability put him in space you putting him with the eagles like i like that that's not fair to the rest of the nfl that's not aj brown Devontae smith you know tight end or uh, running back jalen hurts and then you're gonna add exhibit worthy into that mix oh yeah i mean listen man it was either you know it, it was either him it was either philly or kansas city and i was just like man Right, it's not fair for either one, you know, for the NFL. And I, I looked at Philly's situation. You got yourself two wide receiver ones with Smitty, you know, the Slim Reaper, you know, and, and, and the Swole Batman and A.J. Brown. But they don't have a consistent wide receiver three, not tight end. I know Dallas Goddard is a baller, but Quez Watkins is just okay to me. He's okay, right? I feel like you put Xavier Worthy in that spot, he can make – the, the necessary catches and plays that Quez Watkins just didn't make. Quez Watkins is fast, but it's more catching the deep ball is more than just being having speed. You got to track it, you know what I mean, and be able to make a play on it and, and watching. And, and not only that, the route running, putting, because then you put, what do you do? You put Xavier Worthy right in the slot, Keith, and that's just, yeah, man, that's, man, you, that, that's you, a problem. You can put him, and he has the speed. And that's why, you know, just talking about Xavier Worthy, and we talked about him in the scout notebook, not only in a slot, but he can run routes on the outside too. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say this is dangerous, right? And then even at Texas, right, this is their orbit motion, jet motion guy to where the, 
And you're talking about Jalen Hurts being in a pistol. You're talking about a running back behind him. You're talking about a tight end next to him. You're talking about A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. You're talking about sending Xavier Worthy in motion. What do you do with that? Like, as, as a defensive coordinator, right, you just – and you, you know what? Just play, man. I don't know. Just just stay with your guy, right? Because any type of zone, you know, when you're talking about motion and things like that, it just, you know, it pulls so much. And then now you're forcing a back end of your defense to communicate, which if you're on a road, right, or, or either way, at home, on a road, you're hoping that, you know, a, like your defensive backs can hear each other. So there's right. just so many dynamics that comes into this. But DP, like, I, I just, I was like, okay, this is crazy when I seen it. So talking about that, DP, wrap up this, you know, this mock draft Monday. Real quick, what was your, the, the, the the most difficult pick with picks 21 through 32? I would say it was the run on corners and just the, the, the order and, and how I, how I placed them. And, and I was like, you know, Marshall went first, then Denzel Burke, then Kalen King. And mm-hmm. for me, it was just like, just fits. And I think that was a big thing for me was fits where I think Marshall, you know, J- Jason Marshall will be, really good for Jacksonville is right there in their neck of the woods. Right. And they, they would, they would have first, you know, easy eyes on them. Scouts can drive with right to the facility from, from their homes, go right there. You ain't got to get on the plane. And I think they will know the most about him than any other, other, other 31 NFL teams and, and putting him in that secondary with their defensive front, you know, getting a potential. Cause I watched them. And I remember you talked about him being him, how he does have the height and everything else in the build, but he is a little bit more technically refined than a Denzel Burke in terms of press man coverage. And I feel like that he has a, I feel like he could be a CB one if he hits his ceiling, but definitely a high end CB two to play some good ball on the outside for you. And of course going, you know, Denzel Burke to the Baltimore Ravens and, you know, they play a, a combination of coverage. They do play man. They'll drop off in zone as well. They need a young corner. You know, they needed another young corner, for, in my opinion. And I went ahead and give them Burks. Of course, adding Kalen King to what the Detroit Lions is building over there, man. I'm like, Aaron Glenn's going to be a really like happy man. It. Yeah, I like that fit. And I think Kalen is actually from the Michigan area. I believe he's from, mm-hmm. from the state of Michigan. So that, that's Which is wild that Michigan couldn't bring him, keep him home, and he went to Penn State. Right, right, right. But I, I, you know, you know, things happen in recruiting, baby. Things happen in recruiting, man. But DP, that wraps up our mock draft Monday. Like I said, that's not just any mock draft Monday. That is a Damian Parsons mock draft Monday. DP, I appreciate you, you know, answering the questions, right? I appreciate you participating and there's not getting too angry. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to, you know, tempest, <laughs> tempest flare and things like that, man. Being a good sport about this. Oh, uh, we have fun, man. We have fun. And like I said, man, tomorrow we're, we're introducing we're going through this training camp, right? We're going to have our training camp series and, and go through that. And because it's time, it's time for some NFL stuff. We're going to have some NFL conversations, talk about these training camp battles with these rookies versus these veterans, right? So we have a lot of, we're going to have a highlight, right? Like who to spotlight at training camp that's going to make the most difference. So y'all make sure to tap in tomorrow because we're about to kick this training camp series because NFL football is almost here, man. NFL yes, football sir. is almost here. We are so excited. But that, that wraps up this mock draft Monday. Man, fun podcast. Like you said, we're going to get into training camp previews. I will be at, you know, Carolina Panthers training camp. So, Panther fans, you see me, talk to me because I talk back. You already know what time it is. So, I'm going to be at Carolina Panthers uh, training camp. Uh, Just got my email about my credentials. So, your boy is getting excited about that to be able to tap in. With the, with the fan base and see what this team looks like, right? Bryce has the, the Carolinas buzzing for good reason. So really want to go go get for, get close eyes on them, man. So we're going to have fun with that and preview uh, training camp, you know, all 
next couple weeks, really. But guys, as always, go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it is available. Uh, on the audio side, listen, like, subscribe, share, download, leave a five-star review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, on YouTube. You know, subscribe, you know, hit the bell notification, all that good stuff. Uh, and in terms of Twitter, you can find and follow Keith Sanchez at the talent code. You can find and follow me, Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team.